0: Good morning, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you have a Bible there, and listen as I read God's holy word, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through verse 7, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son Jesus to bear our sins on his own body on the tree, to rise again, to ascend into heaven and one day come again for his people. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that one of the things you do is illuminate our hearts and minds to understand the word of God that God has given to us. So, Holy Spirit, we pray Now awaken us, help us to understand, help us to apply, and help us to live out of the word that we have understood today, so that we be doers of the word and not merely hearers. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Before we look into this portion of God's word, let me just say it is good to be back. Uh, I was here two weeks ago. I don't want to be back. I really didn't want to come today (laughs) because I would much prefer, really, I love Seth so much. I love your pastor. You have a very excellent pastor, and I hate that he's going through what he and both he and Leslie are going through right now. Um, I've heard a little bit of their story. I know something of what they're enduring right now, and it's not pleasant, so please Keep them in prayer and, uh, don't have me come back. <laughs> Let him come back, oh Lord. <laughs> but this chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, I suspect many of you have heard this chapter read many, many times. It is called the love chapter, right? It's often read at weddings. Perhaps at your wedding, if you're married, you had portion of 1 Corinthians 13 read. This chapter is often put into a frame and hung on the wall. It's one of those passages of the Bible where people say, Oh, how sweet, because it's about love. Nobody doesn't love love. People sing songs about love. People write books and poetry about love. There are movies about love. We talk about love all the time. We say that we fall in love. We love Chick-fil-A. We love Taylor Swift. We, or don't, we <laughs> lo- We love Vero Beach. The word love, it's thrown around all the time. But what does it mean to love somebody? Does it mean that you put a little heart emoji at the end of a text message? Does it mean that you do this with your fingers, a la Travis Kelsey and many others? When you tell a friend or your spouse or your parents or your kids, I love you, what are you saying? Well, 1 Corinthians 13 is the answer. It's the love chapter. It would take weeks for someone to walk through every word, every phrase of this chapter, we could focus in on love being patient or love being kind or love not envying. I mean, every one of those concepts could make a good sermon. But today, what I want to do as I come to you this morning is to focus on just the first phrase of verse 7. It says, love bears all things. Love bears all things. Now, at first glance, it sounds like Paul is saying love puts up with all things. Love tolerates all things. Or love never gives up. Love endures. And that's how we often use the word bear, B-E-A-R, right? We say grin and bear it or bear with me. And that is one meaning of the Greek word here for bear. It's the Greek word stego. And the only reason I tell you that is that we're going to look at that word in some detail today. It's the Greek verb stego. Uh, That's one meaning of the word stego. means to endure, put up with, tolerate, and so on. But I don't think that's what the word means here in verse 7. For one thing, later in this verse, Paul says love endures all things. Why would he say the same thing twice? seems to me bears all things needs to say something different from endures all things. So I studied this word stego and found out that it comes from a root word that actually means roof. R-O-O-F. For example, in Mark chapter 2, verse 4, Jesus is teaching in a house. Very familiar story. And this house is filled with people. And some people come and cut a hole in the stego, the roof of that man's house, so that they can lower down the paralyzed man on a mat and help him get to Jesus. They cut a hole in the roof. Same word here, love bears all things. And in Genesis chapter 8, way back in the Old Testament, Noah has been inside that ark for a year and finally it's time to leave. And in Genesis eight thirteen, the Greek translation of the Old Testament says that he removed the stego, the covering of the ark. And he looked out and behold, the face of the ground was dry. So you have other examples of the same word in the Bible where it means roof or covering. So I believe that when Paul says, love bears all things, what he's really getting at here is that love covers all things. Love protects all things, like a roof on a house. Now this is one time, for example, that I think the NIV gets it better than the ESV. Those are different Bible translations. The NIV, if you have the NIV Bible, New International Version, verse 7 says, love always protects. And it seems to me that that is the sense of Paul here. Love always protects. But let's dive deeper into that. What does love always protects mean? Well, if you're keeping an outline this morning, here is where we're going to go. I want to talk about three things that bring out the meaning of love here in verse 7. First, we're going to talk about what love looks like when someone is being harmed. Second, when, what love looks like when someone is different from you. And third, what love looks like when someone is living in sin. So when someone is being harmed, when someone's different from you, and when someone is living in sin, We're going to see what love looks like. All right, so let's dive in. Number one, when someone is being harmed, love means doing what you can do to defend them. That's the key word, to defend. Suppose someone you know is being hurt by gossip, by slander, by criticism, by attack, or even by physical or sexual or emotional abuse. In this verse, Paul is saying that you must come to their defense. You must protect them. You must cover them just like a roof covers or protects a house. Otherwise, Paul would say you're not loving them. You may remember what happened just about exactly six years ago down in Parkland, Florida. It was on Valentine's Day of 2018. At 2.19pm, 2 an Uber driver dropped off a 19-year-old man named Nicholas Cruz in front of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in the Miami suburb of Parkland. Some of you know this very well. Cruz walked calmly into the school with an AR-15 style semi-automatic rifle and opened fire on students and staff, killing 17 people and injuring 17 others. There was a student there by the name of Anthony Borges, age 15. He was shot five times while using his body as a human shield in defense of his classmates. Assistant coach Aaron Feiss Threw himself in front of students and was hit by bullets and later died. It's an extreme example, but I tell you that story because those guys covered the kids of that Parkland High School and that's what love looks like. Most of you know the name John Glenn. You remember him? He was the first American to orbit the earth back in 1962. I remember watching that on my black and white television. What you may not know is that he and his wife Annie had an amazingly close relationship. They were married for 73 years until John died in 2016. Annie Glenn died in 2020 at the age of 100. Annie had an 85% stutter, which means she got hung up on 85% of the words that she tried to speak. That is a severe speech impediment. Whenever she needed to take a taxi, do you know what she would do? She would have to write out the address and hand it to the driver. She was embarrassed whenever she went out in public. Once her daughter stepped on a nail, Annie couldn't even uh, call 911. When that happened. She was constantly in the public eye and she hated every minute of it. That day in 1962 when John Glenn was to blast out into space, news reporters and Vice President Lyndon Johnson gathered in her front yard waiting to speak to Annie Glenn. She didn't know what to do, so she actually called her husband, John Glenn, while he was preparing to lift off. And John said to his wife, Annie, look, if you don't want the vice president or the TV networks or anybody else to come into the house, then that's it as far as I'm concerned. They are not coming in and I'll back you up all the way and you tell them that. I don't want Johnson or any of the rest of them to put so much as one toe inside our house. John Glenn's love was like a roof over his wife. She eventually got treatment for her stutter. When John Glenn ran for the Senate, Annie gave speeches on his behalf. She became an advocate later on for people with communication disorders and later even became an adjunct professor at Ohio State University. How could she do that? Well, one reason is that she had a husband who covered her. With his love. See, when you truly love someone, you have their back. You defend them when they're mistreated. You step in. You intervene. You don't allow another human being to be defaced or defamed or disrespected by someone else. You're like the Iceman to Maverick in Top Gun. You're like Sam Ganji to Frodo in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. When someone is suffering, you stay near that person. You check in on him or her until the trouble is over. That's what God's calling us to here in 1 Corinthians 7. Speak to you who are parents. I think of your responsibility to cover your children. The world, the flesh, and the devil conspire every day for their ruin. Do you know that? Do you Are you conscious of that every single moment? It's true. Are you protecting your children? Are you filtering what they can see on the internet and on their phones? Are you watching over their use of social media? It's huge these days. The TV shows they watch, the movies that they watch. If they're away at college... Or they're living in another city. They're still your kids. Are you continuing to cover them in prayer? That's what God's calling us to here in 1 Corinthians 7. It's because we all need someone to bear us, that is to cover us and to shield us. Isn't that exactly what God does for us every moment? Psalm 91 verse 4 says that He, God, will cover you with His pinions and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Jesus, we know, is our advocate in heaven, protecting us and covering us in prayer and intercession every day. He is your and my great high priest. He's your wingman, if you want to say it that way. He has your back. That's what love looks like in the first place, when someone is being harmed. Second situation, when someone is different from you, love is doing your best to accept them. Now, insert this, I'm not talking here about accepting things that are unacceptable. There are things that are unacceptable. True? You know, we hear a lot about toleration these days. We're told that we need to be tolerant of everything and everybody. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about accepting things that don't really matter that much in the long run, right? Things that you can just overlook, like personality differences, temperament differences, preferences that people have that aren't right or wrong. They're just different from your preferences. You can think of a billion of these, right? You may like slow music, I might like it a bit faster. You may say tomato and I say tomato. Uh, you may be from Venus, I'm from Mars. We need to accept these differences, these kinds of differences. Speaking of people from Venus, my wife loves plants. Well I love plants too, but she loves plants. Every square inch of our house, I hope she's not listening to this recording, but every square inch of our house is covered with plants. And every day it seems that I walk in from work and see another plant in another corner of our home. But, you know, if I were a bachelor living all by myself, my house would be so drab and so lifeless because I'm from Mars (laughs) and she's from Venus. I'm being kind of silly with that, but actually... Aren't relationships filled with those kinds of things? We're all different. We have different tastes and preferences and convictions about a multitude of subjects. We adopt For example, different child-rearing practices. We have different philosophies about how our children should be educated. We have different political viewpoints. We spend money differently. We follow certain spiritual practices and we ignore other ones. And some of these differences that we have with other people can really annoy us and get on our nerves. A person may do or say something that really rubs you the wrong way. Look, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't sinful or malicious. A person may simply slip up and make a mistake. He didn't mean to do that. He's human. We all mess up sometimes. Only in heaven will we never offend anybody, right? Meanwhile, we have to learn how to love each other in spite of our differences and mistakes and slip-ups. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, I was at the dentist not long ago, and there was a father and his little son, looked to be about four or five years old, just a cute young boy. A father and his son were waiting with me in the waiting room of the dental office. Well, pretty soon another man came in through the door and sat down. He had a prosthetic leg. And the boy, you know how little kids are, The boy said to his dad, Daddy, that man has a... And he (laughs) quickly put his hand over his son's mouth. The father said, shh. Love is saying shh about the differences of other people. Love means covering certain things with a veil of silence because it really doesn't matter that much. And this goes back to that word stego. What does a roof do? It keeps things contained. It keeps private things private. The ancient Greeks used to use the word stego when they wanted to talk about a lid on a container to keep things from spilling out. So can you think of situations that you've been in where someone different from you thought something different from you, practiced or lived somehow differently from you? It's not that big a deal. What do we do? We, shh, it's not something to worry about. This is another challenge to you parents. It's so easy to make a big issue out of everything that your kids do wrong. Especially when they're in their teen years. It's so easy to nitpick. I remember I did it. I was good at it. Don't do that. Don't freak out over every little mistake your child makes. Some things you just need to overlook. Your child will grow out of some things. So don't go broadcasting his or her failings. Stand up for your child. Go to, your, go to the mat for your child. Defend him or her. Don't intentionally expose her faults or treat her with sarcasm or dress her down in public. When someone slips up, when someone is different, when someone's habits are different from yours... keep it hidden because that's what love looks like when someone's different from you. First situation, when someone's being harmed. Second situation, when someone's different. Third situation, when someone is living in sin, love means trying to restore them. Keyword word is restore. Let's say it's not just a personality difference like we've been talking about. It's not just a personal preference. It's more intentional. Someone you love is clearly living outside the will of God in some area. Maybe it's a pattern of behavior that violates God's word and indulging in sin that hurts themselves or other people. What do you do about that? And I know you've been in those situations before. You know someone, someone you love, someone in your family, someone in your circle of friendships that you're concerned about and you have chapter and verse for it too. Well, if the person, listen carefully, if the person is not a follower of Jesus, what do you do? First of all, you're not surprised. You're not surprised. You love them anyway. You don't reject them. You don't cast them aside. You were in the same boat yourself when you were not a Christian. And if you're like me, you probably came to faith thanks to somebody who loved you in spite of your sin and didn't just judge you and write you off. So that's when someone is not a Christian. You stick with them. You love them anyhow and pray and hope God will reveal himself to them. But... What about a fellow believer? How do you bear all things? How do you cover them? How do you restore them in that situation? The Bible says you cannot look the other way. Oh, how nice it would be if we could. You cannot look the other way. Luke 17 verse 3 says that if your brother sins, rebuke him. Galatians 6 1 says, Brothers, sisters, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And Matthew 18, verse 15, says that if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. Perhaps you have a friend. Let's talk about this. Perhaps you have a friend about whom you have real spiritual concerns. It's not a musical taste issue. It's a sin issue. And you've been reluctant You, I know, I know, I've been there. You've been reluctant to meet with him or her or say anything about it. You've been avoiding him or her. You hate confrontation. You think, well, maybe it's just a phase. Maybe I'm blowing it up out of proportion. Maybe it'll just go away. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 will not let you off the hook. Being a roof for that person means to have the conversation... To make the phone call. To set up the meeting. It means to say the hard thing and walk with your friend toward restoration. Do it gently. Do it privately. Do it humbly. But do it. And hopefully your words of honesty are all that are needed. And that's the end of it. And change comes. If not, well, a few other people might need to be involved. You may have to go get your pastor or an elder to visit with this person in addition to you. You may have to suffer the anger, the rejection, the resentment of this other person that honesty sometimes causes. Whatever the case, Galatians 6 verse 2 says you must bear, and in that case it means carry one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. See, whether it's a sin issue or a non-sin issue, we are to be a protective roof over our fellow believers. Wouldn't it be great if every church were filled with people who always covered or protected each other? What if Christ the King, Presbyterian Church, were more and more known to be a place where people defend each other, accept each other, And exhibit humble honesty. I think it's already happening. But what if it were in a growing way? What if more and more you were known as that kind of church? People wouldn't just say, I love Vero Beach. They would say, I love Christ the King Church. So how are you going to be able to love people in the ways that we've been thinking about this morning? You can be the cover for other people... Because God has been the cover for you. When you were being harmed by your own sin, Jesus came to your rescue and suffered for you in your place. When He was hanging on the cross, rather than expose your sins for all to see and to mock you and slander you, instead of that, He pulled a veil of silence over your sins and said, Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. Even when you were an enemy of God, and if you were not a Christian at some point in your life, you were an enemy of God. Even then, Jesus reconciled you to the Father through His blood. And now, though you and I fail Him time and time again, Jesus continues to have our back covering us with His love. You can love others. If you know and believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins on the cross, rose again, and is now a cover for you. He has covered you with his love. Now, my by his grace, may we go and do likewise. Let's pray. Father, forgive our natural tendency to expose rather than cover, to be self-centered rather than others-centered. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be a roof and a covering for those around us, perhaps our children, perhaps our parents, our neighbors, our friends here at Christ the King, people we work with, people we live near. Lord, help us to defend their character within the limits of truth. Help us to conceal rather than broadcast their imperfections. Help us to choose, Lord, to focus on the positive and the good in other people, even to have the hard conversation when necessary. Will you, Holy Spirit, empower us to love others as God in Christ has loved us? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.